It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. This is part three in a series on our wonderful, powerful calling to be the redeemed of the Lord. Part one focused on the first two times that the word redeem appears in Scripture. Part two focused on the Old Testament redemption laws and how they powerfully prefigured the coming of the Messiah. Now, in part three, we're going to discover what happened when the Redeemer came to this world and the wonderful things he accomplished for his people. In all three parts, we are focused on obeying the command of Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because if we know so, it's important for us to say so. Sometimes you can bottle up this knowledge inside and it just, it never manifests in the way that it should. But when you become bold in speaking it, in claiming it, in confessing it, then you draw these redemption promises from the realm of the conceptual down into the realm of the actual, and they manifest in your lives. So I challenge you as we discover these nuggets of gold, these wonderful priceless truths about redemption, that you dare to confess them, to say so, and to claim them being manifested in your life. Now, in the New Testament, one of the first mentions of redemption is when Mary and Joseph came to the temple after her time of purification was over in order to present the Lord Jesus to the Father. And there was a prophetess named Anna there who saw this holy child and knew it was the Messiah. And she spoke of him to all those who were looking for redemption in Israel. It must have been an exciting moment. Simeon was prophesying over him. Anna was prophesying over him. And they were declaring that the Redeemer had come. I'm sure some of them had misconceptions. They thought the Redeemer would deliver them from the Roman rule and run the Romans out of Israel and restore dominion to the people of Israel. But he came to conquer much greater enemies than just the Roman Empire. Jeremiah 31.11 says it so wonderfully. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one who was stronger than he. Now, I know that primarily refers back to Egypt. Jeremiah is talking about how God delivered the Israelites from the rule of the Egyptian empire, and they were far stronger than the people of Abraham militarily. But God worked a miracle in opening the Red Sea and bringing them out by the redemption price of the lamb that was slain for every household. But when Jesus came and walked on the earth and accomplished what he did through his crucifixion, through his resurrection, through his ascension, he redeemed us from the hand of enemies that were far worse 
than the Egyptians or the Romans, because see, there were things we could not have conquered on our own. We could have never overcome sin. We could have never overcome Satan and the rule of his satanic underlings. We never could have overcome the lower nature on our own. We never could have overcome the curse of the law, nor could we have overcome death and all of its forms, mental death, emotional death, physical death, spiritual death, and that horrible ultimate thing called the second death, which is both soul and body being cast into the lake of fire. Death would have had sway over us, but thank God the Redeemer came. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him. Now, the only way you can be in him is if you come under his lordship. You make him Lord of your life. You become part of the body of Christ and then you receive all that he has to share flowing down into your life with all the other members of this living body of believers. And the scripture says, in him we have redemption. This is not a hope so thing. This is not a might be or maybe situation, but in him we have redemption. You need to say so. You need to say, I am redeemed. I have been loosed away from the bondage of sin. I have been purchased with the purchase price of the blood of Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now that you know so, you need to say so, that you have the riches of his grace, you have received forgiveness of sins, both those in the past and any errors in your future. If you fulfill the requirement of repentance and humility before God, the redemption price has already been paid. You have been redeemed from the lower nature, all of the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the lust, the shame, the guilt, You've been loosed away from the bondage of all of those things. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You have peace from God that passes understanding and love that surpasses knowledge. And this love, this peace, this joy are far stronger than all the negatives that the world feeds your soul with. You can live on a higher level altogether because 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, but of him, speaking of your connection to God, of him you are in Christ Jesus. There that phrase is again. You are in Christ. You are in him under his headship, under his authority, under his dominion, receiving of his headship, receiving of his authority, receiving of his dominion. And it says, now watch the wording closely, that of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So there is a constant river of life flowing from the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, into my life, that has redemptive power, redemptive deliverance constantly cascading over our souls like the water that flows from heaven, like the river of life that flows from the throne of God. So no matter what you're facing right now, your Redeemer lives. No matter what you're facing right now, 
in him is redemption. The Bible even says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace. What does that mean? The word justified means that you have been exonerated. You are loosed away from the guilt that should have been hovering over you because of your sin. And yet the word justification means to be accounted as righteous in the sight of God and delivered from your status of guiltiness. And thank God you have been justified just as if you never sinned. The sin has not only been forgiven, it's been blotted out of existence. You have been redeemed because you are in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, one of the most powerful New Testament scriptures concerning redemption is Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Listen closely to these words. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, the first question that's probably surfacing in your minds is, what is the curse of the law? I know to be redeemed means to be loosed away from bondage, to be bought back and brought back with a purchase price. But what is the curse of the law and why do I need to be redeemed from that? Probably the most succinct way of defining the curse of the law is to take you to Deuteronomy 27, 26. That verse says, cursed is he who does not confirm all the words of the law to do them. And the people shouted amen from the slopes of Mount Ebal. That day, hundreds of thousands of Jews shouted amen to the blessings and amen to the curses. And this is the one that summed them all up. Cursed is he who does not confirm all the words of the law to do them. Now, the law is a reference to the Pentateuch. It's a reference to the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And within the Torah are 613 commandments that every Israelite in covenant with God had to live up to, 613 commandments. And here in Deuteronomy 27, 26, it says a curse would be upon the person who did not confirm all the words of the law by doing them, by fulfilling those commandments, by obeying those commandments. It was impossible in that era to live a perfect life. It's impossible to live a perfect life in this era. But they depended more on human performance than if they fell short of a perfect obedience to the law, this dark cloud of a curse was hovering over them. And in Deuteronomy 28, from verse 14 onward to the end of the chapter, over a hundred curses are listed for those that are disobedient to the law. It was a fearful thing. It was a troubling thing. Knowing the truth was wonderful, but knowing the truth was troubling because no one felt 
confident that they could fully live up to it. They were not born again in that day. They did not have these wonderful things provided in the new covenant, like the indwelling spirit of God and the washing of the blood of Jesus and and the wonderful promises that are a part of the New Testament, better promises, a better covenant built on better promises, the Bible said. So it was a welcome day, a wonderful day when Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. How wonderful, how tragic, how glorious, but how heartbreaking it was that he absorbed the sin of the human race, all our faults, all our failures, all our shortcomings, all our stupidity, all our bad choices. It came into him on the cross, but he overcame it. He rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven 40 days later to assume a position of authority so that we could share in that authority. And he's coming back again. That's the good news. He is coming back again to fully execute the redemption blessings that he purchased with his blood on that mount called Golgotha. The Bible prophesies some very rough things happening in the last days, so bad that men's hearts will fail them for fear of those things coming on the earth. And yet, Jesus said, when you see all of these things, he didn't say, look down. He said, look up, for your redemption draws near. Well, you may say, I thought the redemption already happened when he paid the price of his blood being shed on the cross. What does that mean that our redemption is drawing near? The completion of our redemption, the fullness of our redemption is drawing near. Because see, when you receive Jesus into your heart as Savior, your spirit is fully redeemed. You receive a new spirit infused with the spirit of God that is created in righteousness and true holiness, loosed away from the bondage of the death state of sin altogether. Your soul is in the process of being redeemed on a constant day-to-day basis as you struggle to overcome the lower nature, but you have weapons of warfare that are mighty through God and you can do it. But your flesh has never been in cooperation. And that's why the Bible says that we groan within ourselves. Romans 8, 23, we groan within ourselves waiting for the redemption of our bodies. Our spirits have been redeemed. Our souls are being redeemed, but our bodies are yet to be redeemed on the day of resurrection. But that day, that notable day when the dead in Christ will rise and we which are alive will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, that day has another name. In Ephesians 4.30, it's called the day of redemption. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed until the day of redemption. That word sealed means God has put his stamp on your life, his mark on your life. 
like a businessman in Jesus' day would use his seal to press into a legal document, and it would be a way of, of an irreversible statement being made. Well, when you got saved, God pressed into your spirit his nature, his character. He put his seal on you, and he sealed you until the day of redemption, the day of resurrection. He intends to do a complete work in you. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's coming again. I'm reminded of what Hosea said in chapter 13, verse 14. God is speaking through the prophet Hosea, and he says concerning his people, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues? O grave, where is your victory? Repentance shall be hidden from my eyes. In other words, God is saying, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to repent of this. I will redeem my people from the grips of death. That makes me think of what Job said when he went through his terrible trial and lost everything lost 10 children in one day, lost his sheep, his oxen, various tragedies happened, and then his body was covered with boils, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong in his life. But then the day came when Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand in the latter day upon the earth. And in my flesh, I will see God. He said, even if the skin worms destroy this body of mine, I know my Redeemer lives and in my flesh, I will see God. If Job could say it, you and I can say it. I don't care what you're going through right now. The pressure may be so intense, you don't think you can handle it. But I challenge you to say so. I challenge you to lift your hand and shout out, I have been redeemed. I've been bought back and brought back with a purchase price. The curse of the law cannot overtake me. I have had failures in my life. I have made mistakes in my life, but the blood of Jesus Christ has prevailed for me. My Redeemer lives. And as you're shouting that, expect the confirmation of the power of the Holy Spirit to be awakened in your heart as you re-experience the strength that comes by being sealed sealed by the Almighty God until the day of redemption. You can be confident in that. He's going to carry you all the way through until that notable day that we read about in Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 through 12, when the four living creatures and the 24 elders fall down before the Lamb, each one of them having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of saints. And they sang a new song saying to the Lamb of God, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign forever and forever. John said, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. One day 
you will sing that song that has been called the Song of the Redeemed. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.